forever. Dog. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. introduce our guests, but I'm realizing they would like to promote their their new show. Um, and I don't know how to do that because I'm way behind on text messages. So I'm going to let them do it because they're going to do a better job than I ever could with my slapdash shitty uh, attempt at bringing in guests, which is always, as you can tell right now, a complete nightmare. Um, Allison... Libby and Hallie Kiefer, welcome Woo, to thank you. Trek's Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, thank I'm you so for glad having you're us here. on. This is cool. Thank you. Yeah, we have a new podcast, a horror movie podcast called Ruined, coming out August 25th. And so we thought, why not come on your podcast? Yes. And, and take see, up your airtime. And, yes. and see for take both it. of us our first Star Trek episode ever. Yeah. Give Allison and Hallie their things. Amazing. Please. Their things being our airtime. Yes. But, <laughs> but I do appreciate that this episode that we watched is sort of like a psychological horror it version of scary. It, 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 yes. it, really, it, it was the perfect Venn diagram of our interests, I think. Yes, it's perfect for the two of us to join in. <laughs> and this it was random. Peak. Like, yeah. Uh, it was just like what we need, what we need to record because we we're going in order. So, it, oh, wow. It was like, Synchronicity. So it Meant to be. <laughs> yes. It works out. Vera, um, did, did your charts foretell of this coincidence? Uh, my charts. <laughs> yes. Um, every little coincidence. It's every everyone. I, I printed it. <laughs> I, I printed them. You printed out. And I'm just consistently <laughs> checking. Oh, God. Jose, we're out of toner. I need to print the coincidences out. That's so funny because Jose is my husband and yesterday he uh, work had him print some stuff and I had just bought a toner and I was like, if you print more than three pages, I need them to pay for the toner. <laughs> I don't That's need, I don't need to print outs. For, I know. Exactly. I don't need printouts for my coincidences. Alice was here just reading Because they always involve printouts. My apartment's vibes, yes. Um, well, I just broke my own brain. So we usually ask this, like, what to our guests, we have you ever watched Star Trek? Do you have a history with it? Because a lot of guests that come here have never watched Star Trek, so it's perfectly we fine. Are, we are like them. We are those. We have never. It would be I, funny if every time, time. <laughs> if every time we had a guest that didn't <laughs> didn't watch, we were like. What again? Because <laughs> it's been like just shocked uh, at this point. It's been yeah. like ninety eight percent. Really? I yeah. Much, I always feel like I'm in the minority for have never seen it. Like I'm like, oh, I've never seen it, and it's like embarrassing that I don't know anything about Star Trek. I think the ma- the ma- the majority is people who have watched uh, one two episodes casually or grew up with it sure. in the background or or there's some kind of familiarity with it, but. And they have watched an episode at some point in their lives. Sure. Uh, and then there's a few people, there's a little bit less in, of, in either side, like fans or people who are very familiar and people who have never watched it. So yeah. the biggest percentile, I guess, is 
people who casually biggest percentile. We do have some famous fans that we could talk about. Um, We've got uh, former president (laughs) Barack Obama. (laughs) Oh Oh, wow! Okay, Angelina Jolie, Rihanna. I thought this was fans of the podcast, and I was like, (laughs) I'm sorry, what? Well, you know, yeah, I've got a printout. Yeah, <laughs> Speaking no, of I mean, toner. We already, ta- we already talked about Ste- printing. I mean. Stephen Hawking is a huge Trex in the City fan. He's like, nobody gets into it. Is this your guy's self-published magazine that you're showing yeah. us? Yeah. This is, your is our issue. This is the September issue, the cover September issue. <laughs> oh, that's hefty. Yes. It is. Yeah. Um, well, I have not seen the show, but my boyfriend, uh, his name is Dave Schilling. He's great. He grew Shout up. Shout out. He's in the other room with a glass against the door. But his family is a Star Trek family. And I actually met his mom and brother for the first time. And they all discussed which Star Trek they like, their favorite episodes. And I sat there quietly and thought, maybe I should watch it. So this actually also worked out perfectly. And, you know, what else am I doing during? This is up in your personal life. Yeah. So I, I needed to step up and you guys allowed me this opportunity. Yeah, I was this, just complaining that I was like, oh, there's nothing to watch. And I was like, well, now I'm watching this. So it's <laughs> happening. I I have that feeling as well with the nothing to watch. It's, it's bad. It's really what do you it's mean? getting scary. There's like, well, you don't watch anything, Vero. So you wow. Vero's like, there's plenty wow. of there's plenty of like uh silent art sometimes films get into things. left <laughs> for me to watch. Those are, what I, those are what I watch. <laughs> that's that's where, I, where you find me at. She's like, I just started digging into the people who were influenced by Almodovar and made like uh, films that you have to watch backwards while hanging upside down. What? <laughs> and I'm like, have you seen this famous like uh, upside down movie? Oh my Alice. God. Upside down movie? I don't know. She only watches (laughs) art films and it's frustrating. I'm just like, I don't know. I just can't handle a lot of everything. So there's so much tweeting and and talking about it. It makes me feel like um, the the top thing I don't like about comedy is the green room and that pressure to like talk. Mm. I love (laughs) interact, say things, do Mm. bits. (laughs) That's not my favorite. Um, so I feel the same, but a larger scale, like TV is just like, I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be watching and having opinions. Like I can't, oh I can't, yeah, I'm that sorry. is, I, I yeah. tap out, yeah. I, I tap out. Yeah. But I am watching, uh, Cursed on Netflix. Netflix. Oh, Cursed. Is that? Uh, it's bad, but it's okay. Oh. Cause I can play it in the background and it's just kind of like, uh, Star Trek is a better background show. Like this TNG is a, it's just like a better white noise. Just leave it playing in the background. Then you'll hear like Patrick yeah. Stewart's voice. And it's just like, yeah. this one yeah. is like, it tries to catch my, my attention with like music and, and movement. And I'm like, eh. yeah. there is a category on Netflix now called casual watch. Really? Like, no. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, and um, Nicole Byers show is in it. Yeah. And I noticed oh, really? that and I'm like, how does she feel about that? Like, but it's such a crazy thing where it's like Netflix is acknowledging the fact that like people don't put, pay Watch. full attention. Yeah. yeah. It's so like, crazy. Get real. It's about one it. of three screens that's happening at the same time for me if I'm watching TV. I'm like, computer's I know. open, my phone Computer is on my phone. phone. Yeah. And so I want to make Do you ever listen to three audios at the, at once or do you mute something? Oh no. No. One at a time. I like I feel like I can barely hear anyway like I feel like I'm losing my hearing so I'm just like oh one thing otherwise like it's all like muffled awful yeah I'd rather um 
I want to make a show though that's like just specifically for people who are watching other stuff. Yeah. Where it's like, like you'll just pl- be like the, like 40 minutes at a time I'll just be fucking around and then like every once in a while I'll be like, oh, if you're watching at home, you do need to pay attention to this part. Yeah, it kind of feels freeing to try and make something for that space because you wouldn't have, like all mm-hmm. of the like, you know, when you're like in the middle of a script and you're like, no, now this doesn't work yeah. anymore. Like there's a yeah. whole, like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> That's Frankly, sh- who cares? Everything who has cares? changed. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a great point. It's true. Nothing <laughs> exactly. matters. I feel that I feel that way. So I'm I'm curious about your you guys is uh, pairing up and and starting your podcast and specifically your what you're talking about because I if if I run away from watching things, I specifically run away from watching anything that's horror, th- terror, mm-hmm. thr- thrillers, etc. So I'm just curious. <laughs> About your guys' history with that. <laughs> um, well, I love horror, and I, I can't remember it's, um, I want to say it's like This American Life, or one of the NPR podcasts did an episode about horror, and sort of how it's like relieves your anxiety for a particular subset of people. And for me, that's what it is. Like, I like to have a narrative, I get to be scared in a controlled way, and then I, by the end, they kind of wrap things up. And so I, I feel like I that's... Especially right now, like I've been watching a ton therapy. of horror. That's therapy. It, catharsis. Yeah. It's catharsis. Yeah. Narrative catharsis in a world that does not provide it. You know what I mean? Like today I spent a lot of time like reading about the, you know, the post office and oh and Ugh. everything. And I'm like, oh, I, there's no resolution. But if I watch a horror movie Nine. an hour and a half later, I feel like, okay, something was resolved in some way. Yeah. Like but, and so, something high stakes. Yes. Yes. Something yes. genuinely frightening. Thrilling that makes you feel a way. And then yes. later on, you're yeah. like, and I feel better about that now. Yeah. She's exactly. I like, I don't watch any horror movies. I'm a, mm-hmm. I've seen like Get Out and The Shining. And like, that's it. That's all I've seen. You're the like same them. kind of person like me. I, I and don't. I watched Midsummer because I didn't know where I was getting into. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. my God. Veronica, well, didn't you love Midsummer? I loved it. Yeah. That's like an exact movie for you. I would say but, I should watch it, but we <laughs> yeah, should do it for true. the pod. But no, we have to do it for the pod. But I still like want to know. I'm always like, what's going to happen? What happens at the end? Like, what's the twist? What's the thing? Like, I want it's like the same resolution. You're more like in the the Scooby-Doo category. You're like, like, I want to see who's those kids. Who's the guy? You should watch um, Cabin in the Woods. That's a good movie for you. Did we do that one already? I can't remember. We talked about it. I think Um, we we should do it. But Which, you're right. Yes. It's more of a, a meta exploration of yeah. horror rather than itself very scary. But it has it does have its moments. It does have but its yeah. moments. But I also feel like it's like a a, a pretty like wide range genre exploder mm-hmm. where it like yeah. goes through every type of genre, kind of investigates what it's about, and then like yeah. turns it on its head. And it's like this is what this one is going to be, and we can laugh at it now. And also yeah. oh. the next one is you know, and it's like it's like I I think it's a good movie for people who don't normally watch score horror movies but of course i can't get my boyfriend to let watch me it see cabin in the woods okay it looks kind of scary that's the kind of cover i, I i'm I, the same I, as hallie s- i love horror movies really yeah. this reason oh, oh but there's them. hot there's hot people okay maybe oh no there's monsters okay no <laughs> I okay, okay. Horror movies. a quick google I feel, just brought you in. i feel like in while i'm watching a horror movie i feel like I would be okay all the time. Almost every. That's fascinating. I'm 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 in the much. 
Yeah, really? like in the scenario that you're watching, you're like, if, Especially if it was me, movies, I would be okay. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Wrong apartment, motherfucker. I'm just like, yes, it's me. Put me in, put me in, coach. Well, that's great. I like want to be there. It's really weird. Yeah, I'm definitely in the opposite camp. I'm like pretty sure I would be the first one to die. I remember when I lived yeah. in New York, I live in LA now, but um, I was, li- I lived at, like, I had a studio and at one point I heard what I thought was somebody climbing up the fire escape and of oh course God. freaked out and everything. In the end, it was like, um, you know, those like metal trays that you put paint in for a paint roller. Yeah. It was just uh, getting blown around. But in that moment, <laughs> I was like, well, I guess the only, my option here is just to die. So, yeah. but um, I think you have the right approach to actually enjoying the movie. Oh, no, I, I, I don't. I'm like, I feel like I've been like bred, bred for like a moment where somebody challenges me to like a knife chase or something. Like, I feel like that's like, it's, I feel like it's always coming and I've got to train for it. I can see that. And I'm also that person, but we approach it totally differently. It's like two sides of almost like trained to be attacked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in a movie like uh, Hereditary or Rosemary's Baby, Hallie, that's not quite as, it doesn't get resolved the same way. It's like, you know, so how do you feel about those movies? I think I like them the best because they are, it's not even a horror, it's just dread. Like, yeah, I think Hereditary, so that dread. was my experience. Like, I wasn't afraid most of it. Or I didn't get, like, this the fun scare. It was just pure dread. So I guess I would say I really enjoy those movies, but I'm not necessarily, like, putting them on for fun to rewatch. Like, I'm not just going to, like, sit on my couch on Saturday, uh, Saturday and watch Hereditary, even though I appreciate the movie. It's very yeah, well done. I tried but to do that, me, like, have friends yeah. over and watch it, like, with popcorn. It was, like... That's really intense. And they just, like, yeah. left my house afterwards, and they were, like, well, um, we'll talk soon. And there was just, like, weird vibes. <laughs> um, I saw... When I saw Hereditary in the theater, I saw with some friends in uh, Queens... And we're sitting there and a woman tapped me and my friend on the shoulder and we kind of look around. She said, well, just so you know, um, in case I have a stroke in the middle of the movie, <laughs> I have medication in my bag. And, and, and that was it. And we're both like, oh, OK. But she was one behind us, too. I don't think that's how strokes work. No, it's not medication for strokes. And so I was like, oh, is she joking? Like, maybe she meant that to be like, if I, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. To try to pl- play off her own insecurity. Lighten, yeah. But then her friend, who was in the bathroom, came back. And as her friend sat down next to her, she says, I told them. So, like, you were what? here with a friend and you told strangers that you might have a stroke. So, that, but she's behind us. So, the whole time we're, like, half turned around. Anyway, so as a result, that's my Dang. scariest movie-going experience. Because that whole time, I'm like, well, this woman might die in the middle of this uh, movie. She and loved I, now we horror movies so much. The doctors were like, do not. Go see Hereditary. She's like, <laughs> sorry, can't agree I'm to that. Sorry, man. She's like, I'll just bring the meds. and It's like going and being like, I'm allergic to shrimp, but I'll just have an EpiPen ready. Yeah. <laughs> Love those shrimp, man. I shrimp. listened to NPR before I went to see Hereditary, and they were like, it's honestly, I mean, Oscar buzz. And then I was oh watching gosh. it, and I was in the movie watching it, and like my friend and I were cackling out loud because of all those sc- insane scary moments where we were like Oscar buzz oh my god <laughs> so crazy yeah maybe, they, maybe I just don't think of the academy in the same way but that's a big swing for an Oscar movie <laughs> yeah hi everybody Tim Heidecker here with huge news we have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. 
you're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. It was. Um, speaking of Oscar buzz, uh, this episode is uh, peak, peak Star Trek Next Generation in so many ways. And um, one of the ways is that Star Trek episodes are often a like a mystery and they're always pretty much always episodic. They're always contained. Mm-hmm. Oh, bye, Veronica. They're always contained <laughs> in one show where you do get wrapped up at the end so that's kind right, of like yeah. a fun thing about these and that's why our podcast is possible because if you haven't right. seen Star Trek before you can still digest an entire episode usually so um and this one is great because it's they but I have a super question. Sci- psychological it's super like sci-fi pure pure sci-fi go yeah. ahead Veronica well I'm just curious about before we even say anything about it like your impressions like did okay, you watch delete what I just said cut that out <laughs> erase um, erase uh <laughs> did you oh, research it or <laughs> did you No. Okay. I just turned it on and was like this is Star Trek this is this episode I had like no idea going I still don't know what I just watched wow. like, yeah I asked Elsa like what did you think and you said I don't know what happened <laughs> I was like great that's the best reaction to this episode is, I don't know what happened um I didn't look it up except when it started I was like oh yeah this was his do you pronounce his name Jonathan Frakes who plays mm-hmm. Riker I was like, you know, Jonathan Frakes was in the writer's room being like, I need my episode and I am acting and I'm giving you everything. I'm a play, psychological breakdown. Like that, this was clearly like his episode to shine. Give me show within a show. Like I want. Right. I'm losing my mind in different realities. Like clearly this was his like, yes, uh, this for my season or whatever. Like this is his, his moment, which I appreciated. And having seen Jonathan across many seasons may I just hand it to him because he he, you know he showed up oh he did he showed up and he showed out I would say yeah I was very impressed by him and I'm always impressed by him in this episode so I'm gonna ask Anna to put a um a clapping sound in here later Okay, that was good. Clapping sound. I'm always impressed by him, too, because uh, so the previous episode, which you didn't watch, he was directing and he's been directing for a while. So I think he's been like two seasons, maybe on uh, a series regular. And then he started like getting into the directing. And now he's directing the new Star Trek. Like he's just like uh, just very well known in the Star Trek universe as a behind the scenes person. So he's like an all around good sport. And we interviewed him. He's awesome. He's oh, amazing. Awesome. That's amazing. They are all amazing. But he's just like, oh, he rules. Um, he rules. So he's it was wonderful. like, I'm in love with Riker. As a, I'm, I love Jonathan Frakes. I'm in love with Riker, the character. It's just like, I don't know, the hot one who will explore anyone, <laughs> any sexual relationship. No taboos. Right. No taboos. Oh, uh, I need to watch more of those episodes. I know. Wait, can you tell us the numbers, the episode So numbers? Jonathan, well. <laughs> I'm sure there's some list, but. Uh, there's lists online, but. I'm sure there are. <laughs> so he is, the game is a good one. Um, oh, okay. The, 
Jo- yeah, so he's like sort of like the Captain Kirk character. When they created Star Trek The Next Generation and settled on Patrick Stewart as the captain, there was like, you know, this void that a lot of people felt where they were like, but like, you know, we Patrick the- Stewart's not like a swashbuckling like yeah. womanizer. And we mm-hmm. loved that about the first Star Trek. One. And like... Uh, nobody did like absolutely no one was like but do we need a sexual predator and then the star trek writers were like we need a sexual predator so they kind of used jonathan frakes's character to be that sexual dynamo uh, okay. person wow. but he's a good guy no he's predator. not like no he's predator. not a full-on rapist like kirk was kirk was no. just like straight up kirk cannot his way through live. the stars frankly kirk uh kirk is is like he'll check out every oh. everyone the worst. And they'll play like uh, slow trumpets when a female crew is like slow passing by. Slow trumpets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, it's awful. Gone. Oh, God. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's hard. It's hard to deal with. But so Riker is like, to me, is everything they they that was wrong with Kirk is just like sliced out. And then you do have this like, Sexual, sexual presence, um, mm-hmm. which I appreciate because because there's like a there's a lot of taboo with sexuality, especially in, in the workplace. And this is quote unquote a workplace, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, show. But they are in a mission so far away for so many ages. They're like supposedly exploring space, and and they live there with each other for so long, and they right. encounter so much. So it's like, why, like, part of it is like, what does, what, part of Star Trek is like, what does it, what does it mean to be a human out there? You know, what does mm-hmm. it mean ultimately to be a human in, in all kinds of mm-hmm. ways? So this is about your mind, your san- sanity, uh, congruence. And then there's other episodes that are about your race, uh, diplomacy, morals, uh, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I find afterlife. it interesting that that, that sexual side of humanity is very well represented by Riker. And he's hot to me. Yeah, and the other cool thing about the sexy episodes of this show are that, like, unlike in um, most modern TV shows, like, the woman who is the love object is usually, like, in her mid-40s. You know, it's not, like, like constantly... guest stars, yeah. Very rarely is this somebody, like, in their teens, like, on... Modern shows, I feel like if somebody is like supposed to be a guest starring love care- love interest, she's always like routinely twenty one. And on yeah. this show, she's like, "Hi, forty three. How's, how's it going?" You crones. know, they're just a bunch of <laughs> fucking absolute crones, space sexy crones, sexy yeah. so hot, and I love no, it. No, no, they're just like. It's really women in their sexual prime at forty something, fifty yeah. something. So, uh, yeah. There's a lot of, like, like, empowered females. Refreshing to watch. And, like, obviously it's not, like, because it's Star Trek and it's, like, in the future and space, like, it's not the same as, like, a show about just, like, people living on Earth. But it was, like, nice just to, like, see something older where, like, people did just kind of look like actual adults. And, like, no one was, like, you know, I mean, like, obviously there's, like, prosthetics. There's prosthetics and everything like that. I get that. But, like, just, like, the people who were in regular like makeup we're just like I was like yeah that's like what a woman looks like yeah, it's like, yeah. she doesn't look like a fucking blow up doll like they all look like people yeah 
Exactly. Um, What other impressions do you have about the characters and stuff? I just, I'm curious before we get deeper into the show, like, what are your first impressions? Even if if it's just like, I don't know what the fuck. It was like hard for me to know with zero backstory, like who was good and who to trust, which was also like the premise of this entire story. So that I felt like I was also in it and therefore Mm. it kind of really did its job. Um, But I don't know who anyone is. So, right. That's interesting to land in such an episode where you're yes. supposed to like. I felt crazy because I know exactly who he's supposed to trust, but they played. They even played me because sometimes I didn't know if it was like a fantasy within a fantasy or something. Like right. what was happening? Yeah. So yes. yeah, that is the one drawback of this being the only episode of Star Trek that you've ever seen because if you <laughs> you're really yeah. confused then because it's like no, which yeah. is real? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> they were good at playing with the reality. Sometimes I didn't know. You know, that's the point. Like you've been watching the show and you still don't know what yeah. the fuck is going down. And so yeah, and if, if you're I don't doing know a casual watch, even that, more. Yeah, yeah. I feel uh, like, um, go ahead. I, I was kind of surprised. I guess in my mind, um, Picard was like, is like the main character. So mm. then to have an episode where he really is not in it so much, I was kind of surprised. But I guess it is more of like an ensemble than I would have initially thought because in my mind it's like oh yeah this is about Picard he is the main character in every episode or something like that yes uh yeah it's it's definitely they they rotate I think Picard uh probably has the most yeah but also now we're six seasons in so we have two the the women have multiple data episodes yeah women have fewer episodes Jordy has the fewest, probably. Mm -hmm. Jordy Mm -hmm. and Troy, and then Crusher. So it's a black guy uh, who has a disability, and then two women that don't have that many episodes. Was Jordy even in this episode that much? No. I don't think he had a single line. No lines. He was in the audience of the play at one point. Right. I don't think he speaks in this. And I also do love the name Dr. Beverly Beverly Crusher. I was like, that's a great character name. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. She's great. Um, the, so the premise, uh, I'll read the the Netflix synopsis, um, season six, episode 21 frame of mind. Riker begins to question reality when he finds himself in an insane asylum and faces the prospect (laughs) that his life on the enterprise is a delusion. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, I just pulled the first clip was the cold open, which I now realize is going to be just even more confusing if you've never seen the show before. <laughs> it's like <laughs> show within a show. Um, but I also think it's really interesting how um, they do plays in the future because there's a lot of differences between... Like, right, yeah. Like, they're like... They're like rehearsing for a play and they're like, it's the plays tonight. And then they're like... And then the play ends. And then they're like, well, the play's over. <laughs> Usually you do a play for more than one night. <laughs> Right, like, also like it was like oh this is clearly like a one act black box play because mm-hmm, it ends right. with someone screaming I didn't murder them I I'm not insane and it's like well you're never gonna fight that was the end yeah right? you're no, never they actually no don't resolve those questions and I'm also confused oh. about whether or not like Beverly Crusher actually wrote this episode like the this play they never, I think so that's I what I assume. that's what it seemed like. Yeah, they don't so, really say, but that seems like what they're implying. The showrunner, who, the guy who pitched this episode, was con- uh, they were considering not to use the word crazy because at the time it was started to become a word like there's uh, awareness of mental health issues and stuff like that was started to become 
something. Started to become adorable. A, a thing. And <laughs> like so they... started, to, started to become cute. So they, they were like, uh, people use this word. And he decided, so mental health trends that people were not using. It was like politically incorrect, or, uh, but they, he didn't want to go PC. He just didn't want to date the show. So he was just like, let's just use the crazy. Like, that's what a normal person yeah. who's not aware of this would say. Like, that's just the, like, whatever, an easy word. But I'm just interested that there's like this consideration 30 years ago. I feel like mm-hmm. yeah. it seems like a discussion from the last 10 years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. 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 They were trying, you know. I also love that like plays were, I was like ready for something high tech and I was like, nope, it's just a regular play. It looks like an improv show. Like it's just a bunch of people sitting in the front row and some people on stage and it's just exactly what it is now. So is this the cold open we're about to watch? You're absolutely right, doctor. Right now, I can't imagine ever hurting anybody. (laughs) How do you feel about that person you used to be? I feel terrible. But thanks to you, I'm, I'm doing much better now. And I'm confident that when I leave, I will be ready to take my place in society. And when do you think that will be? Well, now, right away. Why do you say that? Well, you said that when I was able to accept what I'd done and I understood the consequences of my actions, that I would be, I would be free to go. Free to go. You mean you don't think you should stand trial for what you did? No, I'm looking forward to proving my innocence. I thought you said you accepted what you did. No. That's that's not what I meant. I was sick when it happened. I wasn't responsible for what I did. How do I know you're not just telling me what I want to hear? Perhaps we should continue this discussion next week. No, I, I want to talk about this now. You're starting to sound angry again. Maybe you need another treatment. What I need is to get out of this cell. I've been locked in here for, for days. You've controlled my every move. You've told, you've told me what to eat and what to think and what to say. And then when I show a glimmer of independent thought, you strap me down. You inject me with drugs. You call it a treatment. You're becoming agitated. You bet. I'm agitated. I may be surrounded by insanity, but I'm not insane. And there's any, there isn't, there's nothing. Sorry. Could could we go back to, uh, to your becoming agitated? No. Why don't we take a break for tonight? No. I think we've made a lot of progress. (laughs) I'm still not comfortable with that last speech. So shitty. Such a she's, like, she's rigid so director. She's, no. she's so mad at him. She's like, nail that line. But all, of all the hyphens that I like, I don't like Dr. Screenwriter, uh, Screenplay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Like, screenwriter, director. It just I makes agree. me nervous. <laughs> yeah. All that time, all those scenes where she's like, I don't know what's wrong with this patient. She was just like <laughs> thinking of plot. I know. Plot line. Yeah. <laughs> right. So my favorite through line of this episode is like, 
the B plot of Beverly Crusher being absolutely fucking 100% obsessed with this play and not giving a yeah. shit about anything else. <laughs> so There's funny. so many scenes in which she's like, oh, it seems like you're having a mental breakdown. How's the play going? Like, <laughs> the world's worst doctor. She's like, we'll, we'll put it to bed tonight, but first thing tomorrow, we're back first, doing this yeah, play. I don't care what's me, going on. We're going to figure out what's wrong with you, but not until after this play that I wrote that's only happening once. Right, and has eight people in the audience. <laughs> That's the best part. It's like, they there are, these shows. people don't understand this about this ship, especially when you've never seen Star Trek before, but like, yeah. so often, it seems like there's 15 people on the ship. Like, this is a yeah. small, but there are like 1,500 people on the starship, the USS Enterprise. So like, every time they do one of these like parties or plays or rehearsals, there's always like, the same 10 people in the audience. And it's right, like, right. wouldn't like logically speaking, if you had a, like a, a, a ship of this many people and the like main crew captains, number one in command, like the second in command was doing a stage play. Like everyone, everyone would, would yeah. tickets would be sold out. These people are a so bored be right. like upset. These are like the celebrities on board the ship. Right. Like you would all yeah. want to see. <laughs> it's like if L. Ron Hubbard was like, come see me do poetry and you were a Scientologist, you would go. <laughs> you it's would also, go. Yeah, it's also like they it could probably run for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like I just can't imagine like it's so booked up. It's like, right. no, you have two nights and that's it. It's like, They're yeah, like we're using probably... this space. <laughs> we, we <laughs> right. just, we, this is double booked with like an AA meeting. Like we can't, <laughs> exactly. like we got to. I do like that you know that they do improv there on that stage. Like, oh, for other, sure. Like on weekends and stuff. The other yeah. things they, they do on that stage out, that we've sure. seen are like, they always do poetry readings and they all oh. do a lot of classical music. A lot. Of, yeah, a, a lot. lot. Of, so it's funny. It's like, um, we're just rehearsing for three months this play that you took a bunch of hours to write and then uh, <laughs> it's exclusive for 10 people only. It's kind of like, like Captain uh, Picard was like, sure, you can do it once. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a starship. <laughs> like we don't. It was like a. Uh, you think it was like the the buzz of the of the ship? Because these are like the top officers yeah. of this entire yeah. ship that has like. Yeah. A, Do you over think that everybody people. was turned off because it was just like a woman writer director, and they yeah, were like, I don't know, is it, it going to be high quality? Are we yeah. going to get? But is, I'm imagining like Bigelow? it's crazy. It's so insane. It's like I feel like there should be like some sort of like. Buzz like Tony Buzz or something like so yeah like like, are you allowed to put up theater newcomer (laughs) yeah like does everyone get an email like how how do people find out about it on the ship off 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 (laughs) off 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 Broadway deep in space off Broadway yeah it's like listed in Time Out Enterprise (laughs) oh it's really far. And I did think it was kind of interesting that like he has this play that everyone knows about, but yet he is going to be sent on a mission alone right the next day so it wasn't yes. even like oh you're a group of people it's like right. you so you'd think they'd be like you can't do the play you <laughs> right. have to go do this incredibly important mission yeah the next you have to learn is, a knife thing the next clip is the knife thing it's like worth doing the blade demo and yeah that's like so crazy that like he's like has to do this insane mission and, and has to do the play like i yeah I can't do more than one thing at once ever. So like imagining preparing for an insane like life or death mission and then being like, but don't forget your lines is like. (laughs) 
And all the physicality. And he has to go undercover. But he's chill about it. As he oh, This is so Riker. He's so chill all the time. This apparel will help you pass as a common merchant. Apparel. This Stallonian pendant is equipped with a communicator circuit. Hmm. Doesn't really match the outfit. I suggest you pay closer attention, Commander. Your life will be at stake. Yeah. Do you understand what I am saying? Of course He's I me. do. He's me. I'm that person. Mm. Because you will be posing as a merchant, you will need to know how to use the Nusra for the traditional bartering ceremony. You will be judged on your prowess with the blade. And then he does this crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, like this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Commander. I did not intend. It's okay. I guess I really wasn't paying attention. I'd better go to sick bay. We'll continue this later. I once Boy, was like allowed. You do anything to get out of doing this play, but you're going to yeah. have to do something better than this. The play is not till tomorrow night. I've still got 24 hours. <laughs> it just like cleans the like the blood that dripped. It's just it's it's. It would be great if she just like pulled out some stage makeup. It's like, can you? F- Treat it or some clown makeup. <laughs> um, but he's like, she's like, I know you're trying to get out of the play. It's like, shouldn't he be trying to get out of the mission? Like they're both bad. <laughs> the mission for sure. It's, it doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> no. Um, Worf is the guy who can't watch movies where somebody's driving and talking at the same time. He's like, you know, he's like, what? They're walking. They're, they need to be looking into traffic. This is unsafe. That's, that's but me. then he whipped a knife against Riker's head. Like, he Wait, was like, the one who wasn't paying attention, man. I have a question. Was this part real? No. <laughs> okay, I thought so. No, right. Because, and that's one thing, like, as a, like, a return Star Trek viewer, you should know, like, that scene would tip you off to something being weird and off because Worf would never make that mistake. Like, he's right. so yeah. weapons-oriented. His favorite shit is, like, <laughs> wielding knives. Like, if he was His doing a demo... His is literally made so that he can, like... Yeah. All he ever does stuff. is, like, weapons tai chi all the time with these <laughs> knives and stuff. So he's, like, super precise. <laughs> it is weapons There's tai chi. No... There's a lot of, like, this... Yeah. <laughs> and then, li- like, of- those knives... Ugh, so what he stuff. did was kind of like a mix. But yeah, it's, it's it's not that unusual of a movement thing for him, but he wouldn't do it to Riker like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really dangerous. It yeah. it's really funny too that as a merchant you have to have this knife and then you have to like do this with it. <laughs> yeah, like, do a da- a knife dance. A dance. Yeah. So you sell that, lemons, but so can funny. you do the knife dance? <laughs> All right, now I'm convinced. So there was, it was also hard to pull clips from this episode because there are so many visual only yes. things, um, yeah. which makes this uh, show, it, which is so sh- true in this show so frequently because it's like in the 90s, they had tons of time to do like long pauses. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of Riker like reacting in horror to different yes. things silently, like looking around frantically. For seconds at a time. Like- right. But he keeps seeing this guy everywhere who has like a weird forehead and he doesn't recognize him and he is weirded out by him. So that is and I I love that about this show, the way that they like foretell something weird is going on with music Mm -hmm. and like somebody looking weird at him. And also in that same scene at the doctor's office, a guy gets hurt and then stares at him really hard and that freaks him out doubly double time. (laughs) 
Just wondering about you and Worf. Like, have you seen Worf before? Like, when you were watching that scene with Worf and the knife, were you like, I, I've seen this guy. Come on. Like, I, or no. Yeah. yeah. I've definitely yeah, I've, seen Worf at some yeah. point where I don't know in what yeah. context, but I, I was familiar with the visual of Worf. Yeah. Okay. I think in general, like, Star Trek, the vi it's so much a part of culture. Um, That's what I was going to say. watched it. That, yeah. like... There is so, like, I'm like, I recognize all the visuals and, like, the tropes of this, but I've never, ex like, actually experienced it. I'm just, like, so curious about those, like, first impressions just because mm -hmm. of that, yeah. like, no reference. Agreed. Mr. Worf is ready to give you a detailed briefing on Telonian culture. I'll have to back out of Beverly's play after all. Oh, no. He's no, so happy? Uh, there will be plenty of time for that. We don't arrive in Telonis for another five days. And besides, if you back uh, out... She'll come after me to play the part. <laughs> Great. He's so confident that she's going to pick him. He's like, I, I mean, obviously. I'm he's like a, he he's a captain 400 years in the future, and he's reading Shakespeare, like, every day. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he's horny I would for pick Shakespeare him too. all the time. Yeah. Does he and Riker have a, do they have a rivalry? Or not really? No. Okay. No, not even like the very first episode, there was like tension between them, but he is the second in command officer. His whole existence kind of like is around being like protective of Picard. The, per the captain oh, okay. is his, uh, yeah, he, he's like the moon. He orbits the captain. It's his mission. It's his work. So they right. do have tensional pull. Yes. They, the, so captain and number one have to have, Really good chemistry and like nonverbal communication and all this kind of like, uh, you know, just chemistry. They, they, it, mm -hmm. it works for the show, but it also, I, I'm sure, works for the ship because every time Picard is out, Riker's on command, you know? So, works for the show, works for the ship. That's what they say. <laughs> Star Trek Writers Room. I hear you're a Starfleet officer. I'm Commander Bloom from the Yorktown. Woman looks like a terror reader I watch in YouTube. There are at least a dozen of us here, maybe more. We were kidnapped, brought here against our will. Saunders was on the Yosemite. They did something to his mind. I think they're trying to get neurochemicals from our brains. No one likes staff goers with doing me sculpture. the Yorktown. I don't know what they did to him. <laughs> It's funny that they're like, going to get they ma here. turned them into artists. Made a communicator. <laughs> they ruined their brains and turned yes. them into artists. There are three starships in orbit. They're going to beam us out of here any day now. I'll ask them to get you out too. Commander Bloom to Yorktown. Come in Yorktown, I've made contact with another officer. Talking to your starship again, Yaya? No. Don't let them tell you you're crazy. You know you're not supposed to take utensils from the common area. Why the tray? What was the touch of that? What was like, who was like, oh, let's give him a tray. I think he's, isn't he bringing, doesn't he then like serve him his lunch? Yeah, it's yeah, like his a fish disgusting, stew. Yeah. Like spiky fish his Elmer's glue fish stew. Um, there's like in, if this was any other episode where Riker wasn't losing his mind, he would definitely bone that lady. 
first of all. Okay. Um, Wonderful. He'll just give him like, like flirty smiles at least. I also like her mentally unwell hairdo. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just like kind of little like eighties, ninety, like like nineties, early aughts. Like yeah, this you know, is tight super... little knots in your hair, but like yeah. also then like a lot of it's just it's down also, and messy. It's quarantine very, like, hair, space girl too. interrupted. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is space girl interrupted. Space girl interrupted, and like I love that she's like, uh, yeah. So, and then she's like, yeah, she's as you guys pointed out, she's the Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss character. Yes, oh, she's yeah. so Elizabeth Moss. Peggy was like, That's I was so really funny. influenced by this. I don't know how um, I know this. So she's like, these are my guys from my ship. And look at them. Their brains are broken. Look, they're doing art. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. Just like a, 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 a me, clay none volcano. Of us ever like doing clay volcanoes if we're <laughs> mentally well. Look at no, him. I don't know what they did to him. But we do. Frankly, if I got home and I, I found Jose like at the table just focusing on a clay volcano, I'd be like, Oh, what oh, the fuck true. happened to him? Yeah, I guess what if the anybody fuck happened ever, to Jose. Clay Volcano just always does <laughs> sort of portend the worst. <laughs> no childless adult should be doing that. You know, this is what I'm saying. Right, that's right, yeah, right, right. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's kids involved. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it. And there's no kids involved. So this guy is really annoying. He's the guy the worst. Agreed. Who's like, I hate him so you much. killed that, that guy. That mock turtleneck. He's, yeah, his mock turtleneck befits his mocking tone. Haley, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, I feel like him being so mocking and rude to ostensibly um, a mentally ill person, it's like, that. that's what made me think this isn't real. Like, if he yeah. had actually, like, acted, yeah. like, if the doctor had acted normal and he had acted normal, then I'm like, okay, I can understand why Riker would be like, oh, I guess this is a hospital. But that guy's an asshole the entire time. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, dude. That's so funny. Nobody, yeah. nobody, I mean, I'm not saying nobody would. I'm saying nobody should right. treat somebody like that. Right. There's so Maybe much like of that. a orderly or something. But like, why is he seems sort of like a mental health professional. So like, why yes. is he so? He's just dragging here for no reason. <laughs> There's a lot of Star Trek uh, bad guys that are like, like a Crusher or Troy's love interest, and then they end up being a bad guy, and they. Yeah. There's like an overacting that happens or like a way of like, <laughs> yes. you know, Notice acting that. that's like, we know this guy is just going to yeah. be bad news eventually, even though he seems yeah. so charming. There's something about like the style of, of uh, guest star <laughs> yeah. acting that's so funny to me. I enjoy it, but it's, yeah. They, it's, they crank him up for to kids. a 10 on the annoying You mutilated him. What are you talking about? I didn't kill anybody. I'm afraid you did. You stabbed you him. You did. They found you near the body. The knife in your hand. No. It's not true. Of shredded paper. Yes, it is. And if you ever get out of here, you're going to stand trial. You're lying. I imagine the punishment will be quite severe, considering you stabbed him nine times. No! no. <laughs> nine times. I can't handle it. Nine times. Whoa, that was in your hand? So then I love he comes out this like yes. his room is so cute. Yeah. Yeah, these are the, the regular Cetric. Love it. Uh, I like that that's like a quilt that existed just in yeah. the 80s and 90s that yeah. we all had. Like that style of quilt. And they're like, yeah, we still we still use these. Four <laughs> hundred years later, you never these know what's going to survive. Forever. Long running stage plays don't actually make the cut. But those quilts, <laughs> they're forever, maybe. <laughs> those L.L. Bean. Yes. 
One They're layer. like two-tone. It's like light pink on the underneath because <laughs> it was like maroon on top, you know? I have a hard time finding one on eBay today, but apparently they make a comeback. <laughs> that so, guy um, had the biggest needle ready to go. <laughs> And he pulled it out of his ass. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know where. And also, in a room with crazy people doing art and clay volcanoes, you should be careful about those needles. That needle was like this, like, and he and he got it in in the shoulder. Like, where did the needle end up? Like, how far in? (laughs) What? How far in did you? Where? Where did you end up injecting? Probably one of those retracting joke needles. Well, surely one of those. Well, one of those joke needles. Like we all have. That you get like a hot topic or whatever. Um, what is you this? stabbed him nine times? Oh my god! <laughs> so 80s? also like the differences in their like, at, like the both of those characters. Like he's just like smirking and like yeah. making fun of him, and then he like I like no one could be more serious than like no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah yeah. <laughs> he's so like funny. The, the, I bet this is what it's like to like go and be in Justice Kavanaugh's court. Oh my and god. Oh, you God. stabbed that guy nine times. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I br- really brought it down. We're all like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's like, a, he's like a John Hughes villain. Um, so the next scene is the, my favorite scene of the whole episode, even though there are – I honestly love all the acting that, that Riker does so much, but this is my favorite when Beverly Crusher's like, hey <laughs> – and it loops. I'm really worried like, about you, friend. But the lines loop so much; it's really confusing. Yeah, yeah. It was all real. Deanna mentioned that you went to bed early because you were feeling a little anxious about the play, but I had no idea. You said that in your dream we performed the play. How did it go? It was a smash. <laughs> we got a standing ovation. Well, let's hope it goes. From our that best way. friends. Well, we have one hour before curtain. How are you feeling? I feel like an actor. Well, you're certainly beginning to look the part. Perhaps we that should was, continue. That was the first time he ever got to say that and mean it uh, on this set. <laughs> I feel like an actor. <laughs> yeah. It's been six seasons, but I fucking finally feel like an actor. Um, yeah, just like so callous. Like, oh, it seems like you're having a real mental breakdown right now, but... Um, yeah, I don't get it. Also... You're still ready to go on tonight, right? <laughs> also, it's not like a real review that in this guy's <laughs> dream that the play went well. <laughs> Doesn't mean that it, like, actually goes well. Right. The fact that, like, none of it's real also underscores all of... Like, the fact that you're like, oh, wait, the whole thing was made up, even the play, which made... Which had all the importance of the episode. <laughs> but it's also, like it's if- like... Well, why? Of course, your best friends and closest colleagues are going to applaud and give you a standing ovation. There's yes. twelve people in the room. They, could they see all each other. know you. <laughs> They're gonna. At That's least... so true. No it's one's a, gonna be like, it's like doing a play at home. It's like doing a play for uh, in December for your parents. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Being like obsessed with the reviews. Uh-huh. Like yeah. Ugh. Uh, the reviews are in for our like dance the box that we office did for lives and dies by these. <laughs> Imagine if the reviews were were like uh, savage. If this doesn't go well, I don't know how I'm going to get funding for my next one act play for our Guess same have, friends next year. Guess I'll have to go back to being a doctor. Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so insane. Instead of being a playwright. Oh, it's so frustrating. Um, so basically, what happens 
in this episode is that he is, and I, I mean, like, I stop me if you guys do have questions, but like, he is on board this ship that he's feels like he's hallucinating his friends into. Like, that's a that that is reality that he's like inside of this ship with these um, messed up forehead people, where their forehead sort of looks like it's like their like hair a is parted. It's yeah. a McDonald's. McDonald's yes. people. So he is on board. And so one thing I'm confused about is like that lady who's talking into the spoon. Padme Amidala. Sorry. Padme Did Amidala. Did she, um, she have something like that? She, she, is she also okay? This is Natalie Portman's. Or is she real? Like is, right. is what she says real? Usually they right. say something about like how like, oh, and they had also kidnapped other people and we helped them. Right, right. But we don't know if she's okay. But we don't or know not. that. Yeah, and I'm worried about her and her friends oh, who are boy. making and her her play. artists commune. Yes, <laughs> I guess I assumed that that wasn't real either. But when you say that, I think Me too. I don't know. Maybe you're right. right. And if so, boy, I feel bad for them. Right, because yeah. they're just stuck doing like, well, their art. It it just feels like in the end they were like, we got Riker out of there, but yeah, they're doing that. They're still <laughs> kidnapping people, and it sucks. But was like there with their brains? Was there a point in this episode where you were like, "I know what's happening"? Like, I I can kind no. of fo- I can see it. I follow it. No. Not even now, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like I think I understand it on some level, but then on another yes. level, I'm like, "So what were they doing? Why were they doing that to him?" Right. What was I'm the like, end game yes, of them that kidnapping right. him? Was not I'm that still well not clear explained. And yes. oftentimes they kind of just skirt those issues like right. they fill it yeah. in with like <laughs> techno babble and they're like yeah because they're you know bad and they want to be they want to get your brain juice right yeah. they want, that's like, what i okay. take look they, they want to get your brain juice because space okay just yes. fucking you don't know right. you don't Chill. need to know but it's like why was he going down there to so begin with i'll say mm. uh act four five there's not that many like fun facts about this episode which is weird um they say Wait one second. Riker finds himself back in the play, but soon explained that Data's role. Okay, Riker wakes up on a medical table in an unfamiliar room. Oh, also the bed he has to sleep on, and this is so like indicative of any time anyone's ever prisoner anywhere. It's like, oh yeah, you have to sleep at a table. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah. a triangle pillow. <laughs> yeah, like a folded American flag is your pillow. Folded American flag in a in a leather bound case is your okay. aliens. Aliens don't need blankets. So Riker few was species attacked. need blankets. Riker yes, was attacked from us. behind and abducted in an alley as he tried to fight his attackers off with a ceremonial knife. The attackers injected him with something, and Picard concludes that they were attempting to extract strategic information from Riker. So Troy explains that everything he saw was a defense mechanism, which allowed his mind to keep its sanity. Most notably, the bleeding cut on his head exactly corresponded oh, right. to a point where the neural right. drain device was attached. It was his body warning him that he was being injured. Picard advises Riker to get some rest, but he has something he must do first. Later on, Riker returns to the stage. <laughs> Wait, hold Listen, on. I, think, I want to look at that clip. You were kidnapped and abducted and Let's see injured. if we, Anna, we can find it because I want to. <laughs> and he's like, one second. There's something I got to do first. And, he just and nobody's like, like wait, 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 wait. You need shore leave forever. You actually, like you yeah. cannot be a, on board. Psychological. This ship. But he's like, I feel like an actor. I have to do this. <laughs> so I was crazy. born for this. Back Thank you, in Anna. the hospital, I kept shifting from place to place. 
I couldn't tell what was real. You can tell he's not crazy Your here too because his hair is different. Defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah. right. It's not so dry. The somatic process. It's very dry. Your is fastened on to elements of your real life in an attempt to keep you grounded, to keep you sane. Preparation <laughs> for the mission. A play. Those were recent memories, fresh in my mind. You should get some rest. We can talk some more tomorrow. There is one thing I'd like to do first. Are you sure you want to do this by yourself? The stage crew and I were going to do it tomorrow morning. I'm positive. After everything that I've experienced, I don't think I could sleep <laughs> knowing it was still up. I don't want that bitch saying my parts. I thought he was just going to go nuts and start just like slamming that chair in yeah. the wall or well, something. Yeah. Next too. gen equivalent of going nuts. This is yeah. how going nuts looks on this show. I thought he was just going to no start ever wailing. Goes, <laughs> he just kind of is like, well, that's what I used to do at UCB before UCB before uh, shows. It's yes. it's so funny how they don't let him at all act that part out. Like, no, so like he goes crazy <laughs> the rest of the episode. And they're like, OK, this is your catharsis. And they're like, he just like, Bink, and then they cut away. Like, to, let me gently take this paneling off the wall. Like, I yeah. also love that she's like the stage crew. What stage what crew? Sta <laughs> Yeah, they don't have a lot of props. They don't. It doesn't seem like they need a lot of crew. There's, no, to do it's just that a chair. There's so much <laughs> lopsided shit going on. Also, There's, there is a capability on this like ship of creating like large scale holograms. There should be absolutely right, no, right. no. There's no necessity of like a built stage. <laughs> yeah, you don't so need a insane. set. So this is like a YouTube cl uh, clip of Riker sitting down. And I, I just want you to know who this character really is. Identify the clips by the sound. If you listen to Treks in the City, you have watched Riker sits down. I don't yeah. think there's any Venn diagram. I don't think we've done it. Have we? Okay, we have. Go. No beard. I don't know about this. This is the beginning. Nope. <laughs> we need full screen. Transfer has been completed. Dr. Pulaski's being shown to her quarters. Oh my God! Yes. Yes. I'll relieve you at zero three zero. Oh no, he's getting up. Yes. No. First words out of your mouth are the most important. You may want to start with something like this. Oh my God! Wow. Ready to ride that horse? He's a cowboy, baby. Yeah, he is. There's no need. No need. The more I watch it, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, it makes sense. Something's wrong. Oh. Sorry to hear it. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Nice to see you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, more Settle in here. The Enterprise computer system is controlled. Uh, okay. Wow. We went through some serious times. I do love the bar. That was fun. That's a great bar. A true Canadian cowboy. Also, like it. All that tells me is that those costumes are like a ponte knit cotton. They're not. That's not a. A, like a stiff pant. That's correct. That's I thought at the end they were neoprene, but ponte knit would be hard only in the sense they'd have to steam it a lot. Oh, that's true. And the I neoprene think, um, it's a stretch be, nonetheless. Nonetheless, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. There is a lycra. Mm -hmm. uh, the beginning lycra. outfits had uh, the zipper in the front, and they were always pulling oh. them down. Like every time oh, they would no. stand up, they were like pulling down so that the crotch. It's just like <laughs> a lot. Uh, it's a lot. Actually, there's there's got to be a montage of Patrick Stewart just pulling <laughs> his 
his outfit down. Yeah. And if there's not, you know who's got to make one? This guy. Mm-hmm. Um. I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Um, but yeah, it, it's so they're. I think they, from the beginning of the show, look uncomfortable to begin with. And kind of comfortable that you don't have to wear like a. I mean, for a woman, usually you're like, I wear heels on set so much. And this yeah, is like dude. flat shoes, just like a fucking uni thing. But I actually, the uni problem would be a problem for me because there is no uni in my possession. Even like the low crotch ones, like I cannot find a uniform that's like, or even a pant at this point in my in my advanced age that doesn't <laughs> cut right up into my vagina, like oh, yeah, always. Yeah. And you I to, realize it's like- wear- yeah, I, we went to the con in Vegas, and I had to put a piece of cardboard in, in her my crotch, uniform because it was clearly a vagina. Yeah, it was. Tra- oh it boy. tries to split me in half by my vagina every you have single one. Have a long one. torso. I don't. I really don't think I do. That's weird. I feel like I have a well. Maybe I have a bit shorter leg than a, you know. So like extra small is going to fit my right. legs. But then also imagine every time you need to use the bathroom and so you got to get no, entirely naked I don't have to imagine. and then no. the mic pack is somewhere in there and you have no, to like, it's oh. a mess. It's a mess. I know it is a mess. It's better when you have just two pieces, you just clip it on my bra. Yeah. So this has been really fantastic. And is there anything else you would like to just, um, any say thoughts about maybe horror movies or, or um, Trek or post Star Trek. Office. <laughs> do you think Star you guys will, will watch more episodes or is this like, okay, yeah, I, what do you think? I've, I've seen it. Do you think I maybe? Think, I think so. You know, uh, <gasps> my boyfriend Dave said that there is a very similar episode this season where uh, Picard has is either kidnapped or held hostage yes. and it is sort of like forced to question his own sanity. And I do like that there is a, essentially the same, not the same, but uh, the same plot with Picard, I will watch that one because that, that sounds fun. That's one of the top episodes. That's one of the top. Of okay, great. TNG. Oh, okay. You, I would look for those. The t- like Google top ten TNG episodes. Yeah, yes. I would like to see one that's like, uh, you know, flouting sexual taboos and kind of sees what's happening. Yeah, uh, like, about Riker. I would like to see Riker, what's going on. Riker falls in love with a genderless being. And, oh, I could watch that. Or like that. an asexual being. And Played he's in love. He he like Obviously. he's hurt by it's a he's hurt very deeply. It's an actual love thing. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Wow. And then there's that's other awesome. ones where like uh, there's female dominant like uh, matriarchal planets, and he's just yeah, like he goes to I'll a matriarchal planet and happily wears the happily. Um, the fig leaf the that all the men on the longest, planet have to wear. Yeah. Great, the longest well, like V-neck. I can see that he yeah. would be like. He's happy, like, happy, I love it. He's like went in Rome and just like wears it. Like, and like, he also loves when people have a problem with it so that he can be like, I like it. <laughs> oh, and Lal. I could definitely explore more. Data uh, at some point creates a child and uh, they're like, so that someone asks him like, is it a boy or a girl or what is it? And then he's like, oh, I'm just allowing my child to choose their appearance and gender. Oh, so that's nice. She chooses a female. And that's the best part about sci-fi is that you can explore all these things in this accessible way. But uh, yes. to me, sci-fi and horror are like so similar. That's why like it's so satisfying when you yes. get those like yeah. psychological, uh, you know, yeah. themes going. Yeah. yeah, the rules of normal living are broken, and yeah. you can already just go outside that box. 
Yes. Uh, unfortunately, we do have to go outside this box. Am I right? Aww. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having us. Uh, thank this you so, so much, much for fun. being here, you guys. Yeah. You're so brilliant. Broke our Star I'm Trek fans cherries. of you both. This was good. Mm. Oh, thank you. Been waiting to bust those Star Trek cherries. Also, it was a good one. There's some people who watched yeah. it for the first time, and the episode is kind of just meh. And yeah. so I'm, I'm glad you guys, one. yeah, Last you got lucky. Theme. And I hope you watch another one just for references, like what it looks like in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I will be doing that. Okay. All right. Well, we've convinced another two to join our cult. Congrats on your podcast. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Ruin yeah. comes out August 25th. We can't wait to, yeah. we can't wait to listen. Subscribe. And somehow watch. Yeah. Exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch, uh, is, is it a movie per episode? Yeah, movie per episode. Makes sense. I'm trying to think, yeah. I don't think we've done any like sci-fi horror. Like eventually I'd like to do Alien like, or... We should. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Venom Prometheus. Horizon. Yeah. Even like Ex Machina. Like I think that is like... Yeah, yeah. I do too. Yeah. Psychological horror. Yeah. 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 Well, ladies, this was such a pleasure. Thank this you. This was so fun. Thanks for being here, you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Help a light. Bye. 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 Forever. <laughs> Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew.